This is the In-Laws Podcast from 1718 Media. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating if you enjoy the show. My name is Arthur. I'm Philip. And I'm John. (laughs) (laughs) One of my clients um, dances flamenco, if I'm saying that right. Um, Mm. And she actually got to, when, if y'all watched the Canelo fight, I didn't watch it, but I saw some of the clips for this very reason. Um, Canelo fought in San Antonio this morning, and honestly, I don't know who he fought, but he won. So that's great. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Smith. Anyway, <laughs> this morning. Uh, last night. What's going on? Last. Yeah. Hold you on. Know, but whenever y'all hear this, it'll be a few days ago, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he he fought. He won. Um, anyways, but when he walked out, he walked out with a group of flamenco dancers, and she got to be one of the ones uh, that was a part of his walkout routine, which is pretty dope. Pretty cool oh, to nice. see. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Who is this? Uh, as one of my clients, Teresa. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. She she's a flamenco dancer. I was um, I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast, of course. No. With Jay Prince. Okay. And the reason yeah. I know of Jay Prince is because he's affiliated with Drake in some aspects, but he's like an old. Uh, I don't want to say too old, but he's just been around for a long time. Season. In just the <laughs> music business, he's into like, I mean, he's diversified his the entertainment world really yeah the entertainment world in a whole but um and even in the podcast i think he's wearing an ovo chain but he's he's just he's a really interesting guy because i mean he's he's been involved with floyd mayweather he was a part of his management team for a long time he started one of like the iconic rap record labels rap a lot he's just Mm -hmm. like he, I feel like I respect him because he's just involved in so much, but it's like, yeah. unless you follow it, you won't know his name, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he's like always behind guy. the scenes. Yeah. But he's an inter- interesting guy to to hear from. And he's, you could just tell, like, his name just is kind of, like, demands respect mm-hmm. just because of, like, his Jay whole Prince. career and everyone he knows and all his connections. It's he sounds really, like a younger fellow to me, Jay Prince. You know, <laughs> Jay Prince. rather He's than being be like, like the king, you know, Jay King. It's like fifties, right? Fifties, sixties. He's got to be something like that. He's 60. been around. He's been around. It's interesting to me. Like I've actually liked more and more. Like obviously, I'm into music and you know parts of that industry, but more and more, I've been gravitating to not necessarily just listening to like interviews with the artists. Like, of course, that's interesting or interesting. But more so, like, watching interviews with, like, managers and label directors and, like, talent scouts and, like, stuff like that. Like, it's really fascinating hearing the stories of some of these people that have managed big-time entertainers, I guess, as a whole, whether it's fighters, um, actors, musicians, artists, whatever. And those are some of the most intriguing conversations to listen to because you're really seeing, like, how they found these people and how they navigated um pushing them forward in the industry, which for me is really valuable more so than just like, how did Russ make beats, you know, beats in his basement for years and make it It's like, that's cool. I'm going to keep making music, but learning about the industry is so valuable too. So I enjoy watching those interviews. I'm always curious, like how they start out, you know, cause it's, to me, it seems like, like, you know, if, if you were to put it in terms of like a plant, like you, you find this plant that you don't think is going to do well. And then you start 
giving it water and light, and then it like grows and grows and grows. And all of a sudden you have this big plant that, you know, probably everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Also like an artist, like you put all this money and time, you like put them in the studio, you take them on tours and stuff and everybody starts liking them and you start making a bunch of money off of them. Yep. It's like, how do you get started into something like that? Like, do I just go to like, where do I go? Like a CD shop and I look for somebody who's looking for records <laughs> to make beats or something. And I'm like, Hey, are you a little plant that I need to water and, you know, make a big plant so everybody wants so I can make money off of you? Like, I think are that's you my exactly investment? what you ask them. <laughs> I think precisely you nailed it. Excuse me, sir. Are you a tiny little ass plant trying to water right now? <laughs> I mean, in Jay Prince, it, he, when he was first starting out, he knew he wanted to put like a rap group together called the Ghetto Boys. And he's from Houston. So at the time, he, I think he met Scarface through like a, a mutual friend or something and he knew he like pitched him the idea and he was for it and then he met this other guy uh just by overhearing his music like at the barber shop or something and he was like who is this like so sometimes it's just about hearing the right things or like someone introducing you to the right people yep. and that's all it takes and like there were some problems because all the guys that he was trying to get into this group wanted to do like their solo careers when they wanted to mm-hmm. focus on that but it ended up working out yeah but that's how he started well even with like top of the top like scooter braun and stuff wasn't he like a i feel like a lot of the stories i've heard are like event planners and like party promoters yeah. I think like having that edge in the industry already where it's like, hey, I know you're nobody right now, but I know I can get you into this party because I'm the one running it. So I'll put you on stage. You just draw a little bit of a crowd, you know, post on social media or whatever. And I feel like that's, I mean, I think that was Scooter Braun's story when he first, and that guy's just, I mean, love him or hate him. I know a lot of people hate on him. The guy's a legend in the in the management space. Like he's, you know, best, yeah. one of the best of the best. He's he's pretty crazy. But I think he got to start, um, like, not planning parties. That sounds stupid. Like, he's inviting clowns and shit. But, no, like, he – I think he was an event promoter or something like that. Right. And and I, I've also heard, too – I've had people reach out to me before and that were just like, you have no idea who I am, but I would love to manage you kind of a thing, even though they're like, they don't know anything and they don't know anyone. But it's like, like I, I promise you I'll grind and I'll get you into bars and little places to do some little solo stuff. And so I feel like a lot of people maybe just get their start that way. Where they're just mm-hmm. like, hey, I have no experience managing, but I'm good at connecting to people. So maybe maybe I can get you into this restaurant and you can do a, a few songs. Maybe I can get you to an open mic. So I think yeah. some people, like I think Arthur, you you knew some people that just kind of like hung under the coattails of certain people. And eventually they made their way to the top or, you know, somewhere close, somewhere fairly yeah. successful. And some people just like, hey, I knew this dude in high school. Let's run with him for a little while, see where it goes. And they end up making it. Mm. Dude, it's party kind of- planner, so. It's kind of crazy <laughs> that Jay Prince was, he wanted to be a part of Mike Tyson's management. Mm. So he like met Mike Tyson in like Vegas one time or something. And he was uh, meeting, he had a meeting set with him or whatever. And that's actually how he met Floyd Mayweather was because at the time Floyd Mayweather was like, like Jay Prince didn't know who he was, but he kept like nagging him and nagging him to like, you know, uh, work with him. Hmm. And he was like, who is this kid? Because he was just so focused on Mike Tyson. And then uh, it turned out that like he couldn't, after that meeting, he thought everything went well, but he couldn't get a hold of Mike Tyson after that. Like he basically <laughs> got left on, left on red. Left on red. <laughs> and uh, 
he was like, so who is this kid? He asked like some people he works with, like, so who's this kid? And he he learned more about Floyd Mayweather. And at the time, he was like the 130-pound champ or something. Yeah. And he was doing pretty well. And he just like started working with Floyd Mayweather. Long story short, like Floyd Mayweather is basically one of the best to ever do it. <laughs> so it's yeah, just crazy, crazy like how he, how that whole like whole thing started. Yeah. He basically so planted. He basically found a little tree, and it ended mm -hmm. up being a money tree. One hundred percent. Money does grow on trees in that camp, bro. I'm saying. And then we're gonna get off this soon, but like he had a freaking falling out with Floyd Mayweather because he, it's like, there's one part of the interview with Joe Rogan where he, Joe asks him about like what happened with with the falling out and everything, and he was like, basically, there was a disagreement with. Um, some of his other management, and they didn't want to pay me for some of the, some of the uh, uh, creative work we did. And then he's like, and he, the way he talks is like so slow and deep. Mm -hmm, yeah. He's like, but we were able to change his mind. <laughs> That's all. <he> said. <laughs> what does that mean? Damn! I was like, Dude, what I'm, the hell? I'm Shit. glad you said that because every time I think of like a like a like one of those you know Jay Prince, I think of like um, Birdman. I think of um, yeah. That guy from QC, I can't remember, like P, his name is P from QC, Suge Knight, like P Diddy. Like, I think about these guys and I'm like, dude, these guys are like probably like, you know, <laughs> bosses, not just in the uh, music industry and all this is, but like, you know, they probably have some connection to the streets and they probably oh, have 100%. some like, you know, gang affiliation, like <laughs> some authoritarian. Birdman, Suge uh, Knight, like both been to jail, that guy uh, P, like they call him like an OG, which is me, which kind of pretty much means you've been in a gang for like a really long time and now like oh, uh, yeah. you're kind of the old person from the gang and i'm pretty all OGs, sure so. and i'm pretty sure drake like when he mentions his mob ties he's talking about like jay prince and <laughs> <laughs> shit and his like that his whole family so damn the guy is like, thing. like he's very into the business ventures but like i feel like every time i hear about him it's like also like okay this guy's real. Jay Prince. Yeah, don't hey. don't mess with this Bro, guy. Hey, <laughs> don't hey, you like it's Jay Prince, buddy? Hey, calm down. <laughs> yeah, relax, relax. Don't you like wish that you like had some ties like that? Like, obviously, <laughs> I want to be above board. I want to like, I want to like keep moving in my business and be successful and like all these things. I don't want to be pretty straight and narrow. You know what I'm saying? But like, I also wouldn't mind to be able to like speed dial some Viking folks and call them up and say, I need <laughs> you to fucking, I need you to fucking pillage New Jersey real quick. That would be <laughs> badass, bro. You know call the saying? Vikings, bro. Call up the Vikings. They just come in with their helmets with the horns on them. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> little, little cheesy, but hey, <laughs> get the job done. Get the job. Take hey, a month hey. to get here. They have to, <laughs> to sell the seas and get their horses. Bro, you just, <laughs> Damn, you just take see it forever, bro. bro. bro they just take over sixteen oh four with the goddamn bro. carriages, bro. They're just rowing into the bay. Hey, right, <laughs> it's a freaking boat with a dragon on the front. <laughs> yeah, it'll be lit. I'll be lit. So, like, don't you know? It's like I want to be above board, but like, I kind of want some people in my back pocket. Yeah, that but can you want to be damage. like, you want to make sure you're not messed with, respected. Mm -hmm, I just exactly. want to be respected, bro. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I definitely want to just do something accidentally and then just have this respect because I actually did. Like, I didn't want to do it on purpose. You know, I don't want to do this bad thing on purpose. 
Yeah. yeah. But then it happens, and then now everybody's got your spec. You're like, oh shit, okay. God, I didn't mean like commit tax fraud, bro. God, like I'm I just, so sorry, <laughs> but I got away with it. So, so I'm so sorry, government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the problem with not having anything written down. <laughs> okay, let me go to my. Uh, I got some lengthy notes here. Let's see. No, you do not. Um, <laughs> Elon Musk. Let me look at my notes real quick. Trust the oh, old notes. Actually, let me see. Joe see SpaceX. Their little uh, little rocket ship blew up. That wasn't good. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I was like, I heard it went successfully, but it just blew up on the landing. Well, he called it a um, <laughs> rapid successful. He called it a like rapid uh, deconstruction or something like that. Which like <laughs> Bro, that, explosion. <laughs> it was rapid oxidation. It just went so fast. <laughs> like, bro, you blew up. Like, just own it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. God, I wish I knew what he said. How's y'all's Christmas shopping going? Oh, she done. Done. Yeah, she done. That she's been done this last week. I she hate overachievers. Pack- we're just getting packages in. Okay, but the, re- the reason why yeah. is because <laughs> yeah. like last 20 years of my life, it's been like, sorry, bro, yours is come four days after Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be here on mail to you, whatever. And I hate that. Like, I hate like not, like, I, I just I hate that shit. I hate like giving people presents in person. Like, sorry, this wasn't here three days ago. I was too late. Didn't realize this thing would take six weeks. Anyways, bro. but so yeah, yeah. We, I, think we've, I think we finally got everything in. John, yeah. I, I got you. I got your gift, bro. Yeah, yeah. We got everything too. Phil, but I got your the- gift, boy. Hey, yeah, see what y'all what are y'all talking about? We're all good. Yeah, we are good. Actually. Yeah. What's funny is so for people listening, we draw names in our family with all my siblings, John and Phil, and we just also happen to have each other, like us three. This worked out. The stars aligned, huh? Who would have thought? Wait, John, John, you have Arthur. <laughs> I have Arthur. Yo, and I have Phil. Phil has me. Phil has like a little. It's a wow. circle of life. It's a triangle wow. of love, baby. I'm about to see who really cares. <laughs> uh, maybe on next week's episode. <laughs> Tune in, <laughs> Tune in well, next week to find well, out who's a shitty gift giver. Well, <laughs> we'll open it on our on our next episode, bro. All together. Oh, wow. Oh, that would be interesting, <laughs> Socks, actually. Socks, huh? Look, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Deodorant, man. I didn't realize. <laughs> Oh, I just get you like a new webcam, but it's like, <laughs> bro. At least get into the content. triple digits of definition over here, please. It's like a 360p. Yeah, bro. I'm still over here cranking my camera just to make sure it stays running. That's what bro. I'm saying, bro. <laughs> no, nah, bro. I get yeah, that. we were we we went to go shopping yesterday, which is like a Saturday, and we got to the parking lot. And we're like, damn, dude, it was so packed at the mall. We like went in for a few things and we're like, all right, we got to go to like the next store and we don't want to walk. So we were just going to drive to, you know, the other parking lot. And they're like, why don't we just look on Amazon? So like we're sitting in the parking lot going through Amazon. We get all of our shopping done on Amazon and I close my phone. And I'm like, yep, that's what Santa does it. <laughs> <laughs> just head home. You don't even get out of your car. Yes. <laughs> just just, wanted the just scenic go route. to the damn parking lot and do the shopping online. Bro, we do that all the time. We'll like go into Target and we're like, oh, the, here's the cleaner we've been needing. Let's just check Amazon. And it's like $3 <laughs> cheaper. Deliver in two hours. Damn it. Dude, I did the same damn thing, but I can't give too many details. Sure. Because this will air before Christmas type thing. But uh, sure. you know what I'm saying? I went to a bunch of different stores looking for something. Sure. Right? 
And I was like, man, I'm so tired of this. I'm just going to give up on this item. I freaking go online when I get home. And it just, it tells you exactly what item is there, where, which store it's at, where it can be picked up. And I'm like, man, this would have saved me probably like <laughs> at least six hours. <laughs> Bro, and it's, it's crazy because of uh, COVID. Obviously, there's a lot of stores that are trying to get people not to come in. So they're offering discounts online. They're offering even like discounts on curbsides. Like we were looking for some, I don't know, like even just like towels here for our apartment. And we were looking at World, uh, World Market. And so we go online and they offer a 20% discount to order it to the store and pick it up curbside. I'm like, bro, why would we just not? Yeah. That's cool. Like, it's we so don't even good. have to go into the store. That's the best thing ever. I wish I wish more things. We did the same kind of with Amazon. I told you all a few weeks ago. We were like, oh, we got to go get groceries. Dang. And then just like ordered it on Amazon. <laughs> and it was there in three hours. I think it's for me, it's like as much as online shopping is convenient. There is something to shopping in person, you know, 100%. it's like there's more to look at. It's right in front of you. You can like browse more. And it's kind of just like part of the whole experience. So yeah, that's what keeps people going to stores. But I think slowly but surely, the online experience is only going to improve, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I think will probably start to happen is you'll have these like unmanned stores where you can go in. It Almost like the whole thing is a window shopping experience. So imagine like you go into... A Bed Bath and & Beyond, and the reason Bed Bath & Beyond is so huge is because you have, you know, a hundred of every single thing there, plus stock in the back, plus, you know, four of them stacked on the shelf, and then you have the display item, and underneath it, there's 14 of the same thing. And so if you just went into a store that's a thousand square feet, and it has one of all of the things that you need, and then just a a small room of kiosks that you order everything online. You have the super fasting. You can still go in and see the item and touch it and whatever yeah. and kind of see what it's all about. But now you have way less overhead for the business because they're not spending, you know, $15,000 a month in utilities for these massive warehouse buildings and stuff like that. You just have a single of each item and then you just order it there. And you could easily put a whole bunch of these in every, every city and every part and it would be a lot cheaper for them. Plus, you'd have a better shopping experience. And you have that hybrid of the experience of being there and be like, oh, I want this blender, but I actually don't know what size it is. You can go in and see it and then order it online right there from the store. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Oh, go ahead, John. Yeah, I don't know if y'all know, but um, like Amazon, like all, all, those, all those, or Walmart, actually, Walmart, like Amazon and HEB, they actually have uh, like apps for their, you know, their businesses or whatever. But yeah. You can actually find, like, if you look up an item, it'll tell you, like, where in the store it actually is. And it'll, like, give you, like, an A, like, it's an aisle 13, A mm, 13, cool. or whatever, that's you know. Um, Walmart actually has that, too. Um, but what they also have, I just heard it last night, because we have this, like, uh, Walmart neighborhood, like, a small store. And I heard online, or I heard over the intercom that they were like, oh, you know, you, we have, uh, you know, pay and go, whatever. Like, if you see something, you just scan it with your app, and then you can, like, walk out of the store. You don't have to do, you don't have to go through a cashier. And I was like, damn, Walmart, you're stepping it up. That is That's clutch. crazy. I know we've talked about it before, but Amazon Go or whatever it was that they were going to have, or Whole Foods Go or something, in, I think it was Seattle where they were based, they had those stores where you just literally walk in, put it wherever you want in your car, in your cart, walk out, and it it charges you. Whatever it like you put, scans like, it, something, It right? just like scans it when it comes off the shelf or whatever, and then you walk out of the store, and you just... Yeah, dude, that's dangerous. 
that it's is already, <laughs> it's already dangerous just having like like now i just play i pay everything on my phone so like i just like i don't even touch the register at all like i just use my card built into my apple wallet right. or whatever and so now like I'll, I'll go to whole foods or trader joe's or wherever costco and i'll just i'll scan it with my phone and even that is so dangerous because you don't feel the emotion like, i think we talked even <laughs> you last don't even week. know the total <laughs> you don't even know it's gone they're just like 348 and i'm like ah hey and it goes bling <laughs> already scanned your card before <laughs> it sounds so it happy good. it feels yeah. so good i'm like i'm so happy for this 400 dollars to leave like <laughs> it made a good noise and instead yeah, of like pulling awesome out your wallet sound. and going through 1820s then gosh shit I got to give them all this yeah. crap. Damn, bro. Got but 1820s in there. Yeah, you know how it go. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of Valeros, the gas stations, just have the Apple Pay where you can just scan it. And yeah. I, so I only try to go to those because I think the only time I've had fraud charges on my card was... I'm, I'm assuming it was from a gas station. Sure. Because I don't know how else... I mean, I'm, there's a lot of ways it can happen, but I've just heard of gas stations being kind of sketchy when it comes to scanning your card like people add little their own little devices to it that you might not mm -hmm. notice and whatever else so apple pay is just really convenient um but another thing about like shopping online i think the better product images get like i i envision when you go to amazon and you see the product but sometimes you don't know what the size is you don't know how it looks like in someone's hands whatever i think i can envision like almost like an ar kind of experience on your screen or whatever where it shows someone holding it and you can like move in 3d around the object just to like see what it looks like and um like in someone's hand compare mm -hmm. sizes or even next to like another piece of furniture where like the possibilities are kind of endless bro have you but seen the better, that the better well yeah i've seen it yeah. kind of but i think it's it's rare like i want to I, I envision it more normal yeah being like the norm yeah. when you're shopping online because sometimes yeah. i hate when i'm looking at a product and there's only like one image <laughs> and right like okay this looks nice but like <laughs> i don't really know oh, anything gonna, about it and it's kind of sketchy like, oculus rift type shopping where you have the you can swipe through pages and then like pick up the stuff and yes. put it in your virtual cart bro, that would be legit cool. man bro i even saw it so i have an app called goat which is a sneaker app and it has just, you know, all different kinds of shoes and stuff on it. But they just released probably about a year ago, maybe now, but it's gotten better and better, an AR sneaker try-on thing. And so you can literally, like, I'll look down at my feet, and it's mm. got these, like, retro-bred Jordan 1s. <laughs> and they're just right, and I can move my foot around, and they're on there, and they're That's like so tucked smart. in. Bro, it's crazy. And so I'm like, oh shit, these look kind of fire. I'll spend the six hundred on these. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. And I know Amazon and Wayfair, I think, is another app that started to do more of the AR, where it's like see this lamp in your room, and you can like put it out mm -hmm. there and walk around it, and yeah. you just see it on your phone there. But it's yeah, like you said, it, it's not as normal. Like I'm trying to see like like it'd be dope if you could shop for groceries, and you could like find all these ingredients and like see what they look like on your plate Ooh, <laughs> or those fucking look like that bro god damn it <laughs> or yo 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 you get a bunch of ingredients and you put input what meal you want to make i'm i'm saying and it makes it for you just to see what it'd be looking like bro so you just say chicken breast and the next little drop down comes up and it's like temperature i'm like 450 next thing how long 18 come Seasonings. out <laughs> that thing looks juicy as fuck <laughs> And then it has it also has an AI which can test the taste for you, tell you Bro. if it's good or bad. <laughs> and it's in Gordon Ramsay's voice. It's fucking underdone. <laughs> <laughs> it's bloody raw. Shit, man. 
on your freaking AR, it throws a chicken across the room. Damn it. <laughs> it's just like a game to figure it out. Oh, yeah, my dope. God. That would actually that would be, be genius, awesome. dude. Bro, if you could make, like, learning how to cook, like, a fun game like that, where you're like, oh, man, that was the wrong time. And almost like, oh, wow, great idea. So you almost treat it like, like Duolingo wow. or... Whoa, wow, great one, Phil. <laughs> wow, Phil. You pat myself on the back. <laughs> You've done it again, you bastard. Anyways, so you do it like you would like Duolingo or like Rosetta Stone or whatever, where it's like, I'll just input like, okay, this is the, the protein that I want to cook. This is the temperature I want to cook it at. And this is how long I want to cook it. And you get scored points based on how good that would be. And then f eventually you find the perfect temperature at the perfect time and the perfect kind of device. Cause you can try it in skillet. You could try it, you know, stainless steel. You could try it all the gas stove, all this different stuff. And eventually you start to learn all these stats of the perfect way to cook these different proteins. And you almost learn the language of like culinary expertise. And so eventually you're like, oh yeah, I know that if I'm going to do it in nonstick, it's got to be at medium high. It's going to be for this long with this oil. And you've actually learned it through going through this process of editing. It's yeah. a good idea, buddy. But it's I weird. just, I really don't think you understand what cooking is, buddy. It's an art form. It's not a language. False. There's no strict False. guidelines to this. Wrong. It is art. All right, buddy. No. Yeah, say that to the person who died from freaking salmonella. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to cook the food, but it's still art. <laughs> You're freaking raw chicken. <laughs> no, nah, that'd be a good idea, man. Man, I know. It makes me think of like, did y'all ever watch Phil Phil from the Future or whatever it was called? Phil of the Future. I seen like two episodes. Two episodes. It was on people Disney Channel. People would always call me Phil of the Future. I just never knew what it was, but I laughed. <laughs> like you're just like <laughs> you just thought you were that ahead <laughs> of the game, bro. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they they I I remember I don't remember specifics because I was just a wee little lad. Wee lad. But they would just there. throw something like basically in like a microwave and it would just be like a can of, give me a meal, something. give me a good meal. Meat, meatloaf. Pizza. Meatloaf. It would be like a can it's of not, like- It's not even that great of a meal. Meatloaf in a can, <laughs> but like they throw it in the thing and it's done in like 30 seconds, but it's like this very presentable meal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the future, bro. I can't wait for that because I don't like cooking, bro, but I'm I love- for that. But I love cooked meals. <laughs> 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 I like what comes oh. after. No, like what, that, that was my favorite part of. Uh, do y'all remember like Spy Kids? Like the first Spy Kids? Oh, 100%. yes. Remember when they go to the safe house and they just have like these like popcorn packets? They would just uh -huh. stick in that thing and it would go, poof, 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 and you open it up and be like a whopper. Yeah. I was like, like bro, that's, that's just man. crazy. <laughs> I wanted to be a Spy Kid so bad. So bad. I wanted that watch, man. Dude, we always had the cool gadget. <laughs> it's always the we've, watch. We've talked about this. We've talked about this, bro. Where after that, I would just line up a bunch of freaking like Seiko watches on my arm from Walmart. I would just have one is set to date, one is set to time. It was a great, it was a great time. Uh, People are like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I got one in military time. I got one in normal time. One is for this is like, for London. This is fucking New Zealand. Fourth watch up. It's like you're, for no reason. You're all telling people, yeah, I might have a mission later on. <laughs> if I choose New to Zealand. accept. <laughs> oh, Bro, man. I just wanted those. You know how they could rank up like on the badges? If they OSS were, too? Depending on, yes, OSS. Oh, my. I'm about to watch those right now. Honestly. I want to be the top dog. Bro. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal. Nah, I tried to watch one though, like a couple years back, and it was so bad. 
I know. I, I think we watched. <laughs> so this, I think we watched the second one like two years ago. The whole time I was just like, hmm. <laughs> like the CGI the animatronics the is CGI, so horrible. It, it's so horrible. You can see him like looking slightly off to what's like supposed to be represented on the screen. And you're like, this is not great. <laughs> not top yeah. of the line. Yeah, the Spy Kids. The uh, the character, the the monsters or whatever they get changed into. Like they like when I first saw it, I was like, dude, those are crazy. But that they dude, they look like. Like cardboard and fucking paint put together. I think a five-year-old did that. <laughs> After you see like Jurassic Park, which is like 10 years earlier, and you're like, these are not the same budgets. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. so this, this is not the same directors we're looking at here. Yeah. I think about yeah. this though. Like, you know how far it's come? Like, you don't look at like an Avengers and say, oh, that looks fake because they have such well-done VFX and everything. Mm -hmm. I wonder in... You know, 50 years from now, when they look back on the current movies, what are they going to say that's like, like, oh, uh, this looks fake or whatever, like we do Bro. with older movies? Or are we past that, that threshold already where it's like, okay, now it looks real enough? Mm -hmm. Is the only way to go forward to go back? Hear me out. <laughs> so, hmm? <laughs> hmm. It's like the only way... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm talking like in articles where I'm like, title, yes. body, <laughs> header text, summary, <laughs> thesis. It's the only way to go forward, to go back. Let me explain. <laughs> so <laughs> so, oh, so we get so no good. Like, like, <laughs> like right now it's so good, right? Like we have crazy graphics and like we're trying to get more realistic. So eventually we're having like AR where it's like, okay, it feels like it's more there. And then we're going to have to introduce some kind of haptics feedback, you know, some kind of touch and like almost 4D. Like you ever go to like a 4D theater and it's like the mist sprays a little bit when you're watching Pirates of the Caribbean or, you know, whatever it is. And you're almost like feeling what's going on. Obviously the goal is to make everything more real. So like early on, they would just do these reenactments of stuff is eventually the only direction that we can go forward to do just really high quality plays mm. <laughs> where you actually are in this war zone and whatever else and all this crazy crap is happening but it's all acting i never realized but like, now you just say that i never realized that that's what all those um phil's <laughs> 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 just waiting for like a mind-blown reaction oh, please yeah, you... uh, please affirm me please <laughs> <laughs> that's what those um every time you go to like a theme park and they have like you know these scenes set up where they have explosions and they're doing the same thing over and over again you know for each show that's what they're doing they're doing like a scene from the show and they're trying to get you to feel like you're in that scene so mm. you're kind of getting that 4d thing but it's it doesn't feel as you know cool or, or you know it feels kind of lacking like there's still something right. more that you want from it but yeah that's what like, it is like you've seen great animatronics at you know maybe disneyland or some kind like like some six flags or something like that where it's like oh it's this dragon and it kind of moves its head around it's like take that 50 years from now well we have just really great robotics ai and you know these algorithms that you know affect the paths and can learn from people walking in front of it and stuff and you actually just go to a jurassic park and the ultimate experience isn't going to be watching it on a 4k screen it'll be like mm. no i'm here walking with it looks like i'm walking with the dinosaurs in this huge place like i'm in this huge island uh, or whatever you know what i'm saying so it's like almost the only way forward is to go back to actual being there but in a better quality way obviously before it was like you just stand there with a statue take a picture and it's like behind a fence so the kids don't touch I it see, or I whatever see. 
Don't so you touch think, the T-Rex. <laughs> so you, it's almost like you think movies will kind of um, move forward in, in a way to where it'll be more like experiential. Is that a word? Sure, sure. And so like I so imagine they'll look, this, they'll look back at just staring at a screen and be like, why the hell did anyone sit at Yeah, like when, at you could, when you could hours. actually experience being in something this crazy in, in oh, a weird like way. That. Like, like, so like, and that's, I mean, I think 50 years from now, that's a long ass time when this stuff has only been around for however <laughs> many years. And so then you think even from there, it'll be like, oh, we're real life. And then you try to go even more technologically advanced and you start to almost like Hunger Games style where mm. you're in this world where fake stuff is happening, but it's also really happening. And you're experiencing these screens, you're experiencing these projections, you're experiencing all this stuff, but it's this hybrid of tech and actual real stuff going on. That I think is the future. Ooh, I like Hunger that. Game. Hunger Games. No wonder they called you Phil from the future, bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. Phil I know some from shit. The future. <laughs> I, just start, the, I think it's Phil. I just start. Gl- I start glitching. I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man. No, that's a that's a cool concept. I like that. Kind of being. Yeah, there. I wasn't expecting like a good, good idea. Is he frozen? Nah, I'm just kidding. I was just glitching. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you always be doing that, that bro. I'm, I might be robotic. You know what I'm saying. All right, here it is. You're, you're giving me real Westworld vibes <laughs> right now. You're like, I'm a little freaked out on this Yeah, you, you do be a host, bro. Uh, you're a human. Uh. <laughs> All right, Anyways. stop it. All right, okay, second cool. time isn't going to get I know. No, yeah. I like that idea, man, but I, I, I bet a good way to, you know how we can't go to um, you know, movie theaters anymore? What we have to like sell DVDs. I'm I'm assuming, right? You have to sell a DVD, <laughs> and if you could sell a DVD with this pill, right? Just one or two pills, and the pill would just enhance DMT. something like that, where it just lasts as long as the um the movie does. And you take the pill, you pop in the movie, and all of a sudden, like all of your senses are just amplified, and so. You mm. you see something, you see like a fire on TV and then all your senses, like you think about the fire and then it just kind of like mm. feels mm. like it's hot. Ooh. And then, you know, you see things in 3D, you hear like all the sounds that they want you to hear, but you just take the pill. Oh. You don't have to or you just like, like uh, so there's no medical issues with your liver di- well, you know, messing know, with something a- like this. We can- there's, a, there's a sign on there, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's a disclaimer, like, no nine-year-olds take this. But yeah. They're, like, just trying to experience Winnie the Pooh, and they're just freaking going crazy. <laughs> like, just ah, tripping out. Ah! <laughs> Jesus. No, but you just, like, Ready Player <laughs> One style. Nightmares of Winnie Pooh for the rest of their life. Shit, bro. This, like, yeah, that'd be messy. But, like, Ready Player One style, where, like, you have, a uh, like, a whole haptic suit kind of where you just like like you said there's flame on there and you like you feel the flame on that part of the you know sensory suit or whatever that'd be pretty yeah dope. yeah 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 that'd be pretty dope. i just don't know how that would work but well but like what if you get shot do you just actually feel the shock of the shot you and feel then your heart pull. actually Oof. fails <laughs> true <laughs> no you just feel the scene you don't you're not the person in the scene Ooh. Yeah. But do, but does your brain know the difference? Like we've done so many studies. All of us have probably dived into this a little bit. Just Arthur, even just because of who your dad is. But like in how like when your body experiences trauma, like even like if you had some trauma ten years ago and you like think about it and it still affects you now, like your body, your brain actually thinks it's still there. Like it it acts mm. as if it's actually experiencing that again. Would it be yeah. kind of the same thing where it's like like you put on this suit and it's like oh it's acting like you just got punched in the freaking kidneys. And so you feel some of that jolt, even if not as extreme, but your body would still respond to that trauma the same way and like shut you down. 
I mean, I think that's where that's where movies try to get you, right? They try to like make you act or like make you feel like you're in the scene, but you're not actually there. I mean, I feel like that's why we um, watch these things is because like we want to feel like the hero, but we don't actually want to be the guy getting shot at. We don't want to actually want to feel these things, but then. You know, we, we get that kind of mindset to where, like, we know what it feels like because we've watched somebody else. And that's, yeah, yeah I guess you're, what you're saying is that we're going to just make more traumas for everybody else because People, <laughs> this is going to backfire. So much more real life. Yeah, we're going forward, but we're also going backwards with this. Oh, <laughs> that or movies will just get really dumb. It'll just go back to, like, really simplistic love stories. People are like, just, yeah, I feel vaguely in love in the suit. Like, <laughs> that's about all we Ooh, like, I want to be. I want to be the person falling in love. Mm. I want to experience, bro. I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I don't know. I could go. <laughs> I could go to a dangerous spot. So, <laughs> like, I want to feel in love. <laughs> I just want to experience love. This is the passionate love, ferocious <laughs> love. I got a pill. I got a pill for you to watch with this movie. <laughs> I got this little plant that I've been putting water on that all you gotta oh, do God. is take it. <laughs> Bruh. Yo. Just roll it up and light it. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if, if potions were real, bro. Mm. Like, obviously, we have potions in the form of alcoholic drinks and beverages. Sure. It's basically a potion, right? Like, you're mixing things to feel a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if, like, a love potion was real. Mm. Because in Harry Potter, Ron is slipped a love potion, and he's, like, obsessed with this chick who, like, he wouldn't even otherwise like. Bro. And that's Do you remember that, uh, that Rick and Morty episode where they kind of had that? I think no. they gave they gave everyone this, like, love potion or some gas oh, or something. Oh, yeah, And yeah, it made yeah. them obsessed with uh, Morty. Like, oh, yeah. So everyone starts flipping out, but it's like the effects are so much more intense than you would think or it's like okay yeah you become obsessed with them but how does that affect everything else in your life and their life because of that mm. and you realize that the whole world shuts down just because one idiot took a love potion because they start Damn. fighting each other for you bro Damn. that happened each twice other in my life already it's not good honestly <laughs> bro i hate it's that feeling been done that <laughs> been freaking shut down brandeis because of <laughs> people are slaughtering each other over me <laughs> That would be crazy. We uh, I did watch a movie on Friday <laughs> that had to do with um it's called Eternal Sun Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I think. And so the whole the concept is <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like a it's you know, check it out, whatever. Um so the whole concept is this guy falls in love with this girl and then uh apparently wherever this place is, they're able to erase memories in your brain through like this procedure and so he he falls in love with this girl things don't work out she does a procedure erases her memory he goes to like look for her and she like doesn't recognize him and he's like what the fuck like how come she doesn't know me like like we were just in love like we had like the best year or whatever ever we were about to get married have a baby and now she just acts like she doesn't know me and then yeah. somebody tells him like no dude she got your memories erased from her brain and he's like what the fuck like how do you do that like is that even possible so he goes and finds out 
um, he goes to the doctor and, and he's like, yeah, you know what? Like this wasn't supposed to happen. Like I can do the procedure for you if you want. He's like, yeah, sure. Go for it. And so like, it's the whole, the movie is like the process of them, like removing the, the memories of him falling in love with her. Ooh. And, mm. um, it's just like this heartbreaking kind of thing going on. And it's, it's really sad. Like it makes you think like all the, uh, you know, all the relationships you've probably been in with, you know whether it's a boy or girl, friend, or really, you know, really deep relationship, like all these good and bad things, like they make that relationship and like taking out the bad ones. Like, yeah, of course you want to do that, but then you lose all these good things too. So you like, it's, you got to take the good and the bad. Um, and then it, it kind of gets deeper to where uh, like these people who have got their memories erased, they end up like falling back in love with the people that, you know, they tried to forget. And so it's like, you know, Damn. I guess what it, the movie was saying, it was like the heart wants, what the heart wants, the heart it's will destiny. get, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, because at the end of the movie, they end up meeting again, and they kind of like, you know, start falling in love again, even though they had their memories erased. Oh, it's pretty shit. crazy. Shit. And I was like, I wouldn't, I don't know if there's any memories I'd want to erase. Well, there's like one memory that I want to erase. I could do without this one. Yeah, it's like kind of wild to think about where, like we're talking even like movies and stuff like that, but like where tech can go, where I think there will probably be a season for people where we think things are a really good idea, and then we realize really quickly, like within a year or two, that they weren't. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah, of course I'd want to like never have to deal with bloating again if i just take this thing but then you just realize that that's a process your body's going through to tell you different things and i don't yeah. know you know like little things like that like oh yeah i'll i'll never be able to see anything there was a black mirror episode on that um if y'all ever watched it where like uh this girl this mom put some filter on her daughter's eyes where she couldn't see anything bad oh hear yeah anything bad dude that was a wild ass episode yeah. kind of reminded me of my childhood it's like, they, like brainwashing them to like you know bro and then all of a sudden you experience the bad thing and you don't realize the repercussions of never experiencing pain and you just your whole, you know, nervous system shuts down in a way. And so it's like, I wonder if stuff like that happens. You're like, oh, like, hey, like you, here's some procedure you could go to and you could take just instead of dealing with and processing trauma the way your body and your brain is supposed to, you could just take this out of you completely hmm. and people just start doing it. And then you just realize three years later. You didn't later, learn from it, right? Like, right. You didn't learn anything from it. You repeat it again. Or like some of the joy that you feel now was caused by the pain that you overcame. And so you never right, get the right, actual right. positive benefit from it. That'd be really interesting to just see how tech does that for us, you know? Dude, it, uh, speaking of my boy, Jay Prince, he said a quote. I don't know where he got it from or if this was just a thought he had or whatever. Or whatever. But he said, more is caught than taught. And he was mm-hmm. talking about, because Joe Rogan asked him why respect is so important to him. like. Uh, mutual respect with anyone he deals with and whatever and he said he just got it from his parents and he was like I believe that more is caught than taught meaning like you kids especially when you're growing up but I think just in general in life you you pick up on more things than you realize like you're constantly observing especially when you're young and you see like what your parents are doing or the people around you are doing it's such an influential time and you you don't even realize that you're picking up on certain things very true and like you can have it in your mind to like teach your kids a certain thing but at the end of the day you got to lead by example because they're yeah. like picking up on how you react to things 
what when you did this and like certain things like i even think back to myself like the most random uh times like stick with you sometimes right mm-hmm. like why do i still remember this like specific memory it seems so minimal right but it's like it's kind of weird how certain things just like stick with us yeah i think that's probably that was, go ahead i was gonna say those are those those are those memories in the movies where like they keep flashing and the character's head and it like acts like it or it seems like it doesn't mean anything and then at yeah. the end of the movie it's like oh it's a butterfly and then the, the savior person has a butterfly it and all like, makes oh sense my God, yeah. It's connection. Right. yeah yeah <laughs> i think that's why so many people are like weary of like politics and religion and like these places of authority and leadership is because it's when you see like or you hear something like you hear a narrative you hear you know these different messages but then you don't see it actually walked out and people are like what the fuck like why why in the world would i ever attach myself to your belief system or your political policy or whatever else when you see like the the irony and you see the hypocrisy and stuff like that right it's the same thing like when you're growing up with your parents where it's like there's so many things it was like my parents taught me on and good or bad so i'm not even uh saying that they're negative or positive like good or bad where it's like i would they were, I was taught all of these things, taught all these values and these, you know, things that were, you know, would supposedly benefit my life. And then you see something else walked out. And when I grew up, I had, I have a knowledge of the information that I was told to, but I acted out what they acted out and had to get healing to navigate those things. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's why it's so important to look at the fruit of people's lives, not just what they say. I know so many people that say stupid stuff, but I look at their life, I'm like, okay, but your life is okay. And I also know people that say a lot of great shit, but uh, <laughs> their life does not match up with their narrative. And yeah. that's that can be a tricky thing to navigate. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's always like like these influencers, man. I, <laughs> like all you see is the good from their side. Like all you see is them five minutes out of the day when they're doing their good stuff they've got they've you know got gotten their self together they've probably done the video like five or ten times already but you get the the last one the best one um and then i feel like well like what you were saying like what is technology going to do for us it's i mean it, it kind of already is or it's been starting from like the participation trophies you know those kind of things like everybody gets one like so and then you get into the real world and you're like, oh, well, you know, sometimes people don't get these trophies. That was like a hard thing for me because like when we were playing, when I would play basketball, I'd play for like CYO or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we like everybody had to pay, play two quarters, no matter like how good you were. Like f- first five, next five, then you do it again. Those five and then those five. So like it was always just so uniform to me. And yeah. I always thought like it's always going to be like that. And then I stopped playing church church youth organization and i got into this one team and like oh dude these guys were like the best of the best right and i was just like you know 10 pounds four feet or something like that <laughs> and like, I, was, I was four months old <laughs> <laughs> anyway these guys like um like there was this one game that i didn't play like a single minute and like dude i was just devastated like i was like i'm never playing basketball again i'm you know i cried the whole way home (laughs) but like that i look back at that and i'm like dude i needed that like i needed something to show me like not everything is going to be just so fair and you know half and half and stuff like that yeah i remember but um same token 
like growing up playing upwards basketball. You don't remember those? I think it's kind of the same thing as CYO, but like everyone, like you guarded the guy who had the same color bracelet as you and you played the same, you know, same <laughs> amount the? every single game. Everyone got that. these little stars <laughs> at the end and shit. Mm-hmm. And I always got like either like most improved or like most sportsmen. You know, so like, <laughs> you were the nice guy. I the was court. the nice guy. I memorized the most Bible verses. I was like the only like <laughs> award at the end. I had a shit ton of green stars in my plethora of, of achievements. But then I, after I did like two years of that, super young. I'm like remember when I was ten years old or nine, whatever, whatever I was. And then I started playing AAU basketball after that. And I was like, shit, this is a different world. Like. Like people are gonna beat you up if you don't if you don't play well, yeah. and then obviously going into like middle school, high school sports and stuff like that, competing in martial arts. I was like, dude, this is this is not the same thing. But my my character never grew when I like had to guard the guy that was my size, or like I just was memorizing yeah. verses and obviously trying to be. A good, I mean, to its point, I created a value for being encouraging on a team and created a value for, you know, supporting everyone and, you know, trying to create good situations for everyone. But man, when you go into the, like a different league or like you go into high school, or you go into whatever, it, it will definitely challenge everything you thought you believed before. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I respect sports so much in general is because when I think back playing sports and especially when you start to take it more serious, it's like it actually teaches you so much sure. in regard to like communicating with others to find a solution. You know, it's like uh, constantly working together, even just discipline. Like you have to yeah. practice to get better. And uh, yeah. if you want to be better than the next guy, you got to work harder than the next guy. Like there's so many great lessons that you otherwise wouldn't learn or you might learn in other ways. But right. sports is is a great way to to learn that growing up, I think. You could, sometimes you can tell when people have played sports and they haven't played sports and you can Honestly, tell what kind yeah. of sports they've played based on how like their personality is like you can tell if they're individual sports too i've i've sure. definitely been able to notice like oh this guy is like a uh you know he didn't have to ha- um, he wasn't like a team sport player he was probably good but he wasn't a team sport player mm-hmm. or this guy was like a soccer player i c- like i can tell so- i mean also their legs are like bigger but like i can tell <laughs> like a soccer player from like a basketball player or something like that um but yeah like wrestlers and like uh people who are like on uh, uh taekwondo and stuff like mm-hmm. that you like you can you can tell they're different you know yeah. like it's not it's not as like the communication isn't as as like familiar with somebody who's also been on a team right yeah it's, it's kind of true weird. that was probably one of like the best because ex- i got to do a little bit of both which i think helped me out a lot but being i was a goalie for two years in high, my junior and senior year in high school i played goalie and that was like such a incredible experience for me just because you're kind of sitting back there as an individual kind of because you're the only one of your position but you're also seeing everything happen and you feel the responsibility of not only the defense of the team that's coming at you but the offense of the team that you're on and that was i don't know that was a really cool experience for me doing that yeah. like because again like half the game depending on how good your team is you're kind of just sitting back there on your own but it, you're also like the last line of defense. Like oh, you're yeah. also mm-hmm. like, like shit, if there's a free kick and there's a foul that has nothing to do with you, you still carry the weight of it. And it's like, yeah. it, it's, that was a cool experience for me. That taught me, that taught me a lot, man. I, I had to deal with a lot of anxiety just even being there mm. because it's, you're kind of putting yourself at risk every time. That's and, why they, they call it the hardest position 
I mean, you don't have to run, which is good. So physically, yeah, it's not yeah. as demanding. Right. But stress-wise and Oof. like just, it's almost like an impossible mission sometimes. Gosh. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big, big thing to defend. I remember yeah. just like those, those questions, those like millisecond questions going off in my head as like, there's like a fast break, but the ball is like coming a bit farther ahead of the player. And I'm like, <laughs> I could run out there right now, yeah, wrap this it. up right at the edge of the box, but he could get there quicker. He could tap it over me and I'd be that Im- yeah. like, dude, all those questions that are going off so fast in your decision making, like, dude, it, it's tough, man. It, it, was a, yeah. it was a tough, tough thing to do. But it's I freaking mean, scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. I, I got go. I got kicked bad a couple times. <laughs> Goalies are def- definitely like different. Like even in video games, when you're when you have the goalie and you try to go up against a goalie, like they're just different. Like you can't knock <laughs> them over different. or anything like that. <laughs> they're like, built different. Yeah, they're built different. <laughs> but yeah, when like whenever they grab the ball, like after they you know they've just played you know they block the ball or whatever they grab it, they're just like yelling at their players. Like nobody else can do that. Like no yeah. other player on the pitch can do that. Yeah, I said pitch. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> this man knows that thing. Get cheeky, mate. Cheeky <laughs> fada. Dude, but even I think um, playing soccer um, taught me a lot of like about work ethic. Because I remember sure. specifically after my sophomore year, my club team, and thinking back, I don't even know why we were going so hard. Like, But we, every day of the summer, we were p- practicing. Like literally every night, I think, except for the weekends. And even then, sometimes we're, we would still be communicating like hey y'all y'all want to go tonight like if we get enough Mm -hmm. guys together yeah and from that year like compare my sophomore self to my junior self it was like night and day difference and i remember going into the next year and like playing in my high school and like playing against the guys that i would the year before i would have considered so much better than me and it was almost like it just showed me how much like okay playing every day got me this much ahead than the, yeah. the next guy and i think that applies to way more than sports like the only thing really holding holding you back from anything is like putting the work in you know for sure i yeah. i experience that all the time sometimes it kind of frustrates me where like there's a thing i we've talked about it a bit where like i, I want whether it's podcasts or videos or or music or even just other stuff with fitness where i'm like i know if I just like this weekend, instead of messing around and watching TV or whatever, I know if I just like put in like 20 hours of work over yep. a few days, I could like math, not master, that's dramatic, but like I could get really good at something that would maybe set me apart, maybe yep. allow me to, to get paid more for something or give me a skill set that would really move me forward or even just <laughs> allow me to start something. Like I've been wanting to start this podcast for forever. And, and I'm like, dude, but if I would just sit down for 10 hours and, do 28 different takes and allow 27 of them to suck and then finally get my flow put out five episodes that suck until the sixth one is pretty decent like but i think most we've talked about this before too like most people just aren't willing to have what is seemingly wasted time like but if you look at it as wasted time all of those practices you're like dude why are we out here freaking every single day until you get to the game three years after that and you realize that the fact that you juggled ten thousand times one night Yep. really allowed you to have the skill set and the maneuverability and the mobility to to work around a player like you just don't realize it until you need it but we're just not willing to put in yeah, that time dude, and that work because it seems it seems wasted right like if i was like dude rest of today i'm gonna i'm gonna build a solid you know platform and structure for a podcast 
it'll feel wasted to me until maybe a year from now when I finally have 10,000 people listening mm-hmm. that that's like, oh, that was worth it. Exactly. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I understood that like in maybe freshman year, freshman year, yeah. just through all my classes. Like if I would have, if I would have really appreciated <laughs> that whole concept just to say like, okay, if I get an A or B in this class, I'll do fine. Like if I get an A or B, like in all my classes, like, a lot of things would be taken care of for me right now. Like I wouldn't, like it, it seemed like wasted time to me. Like where was I going to use that equation in my real life? Well, I don't know. I wasn't grown yet. Like um, it's, it's going to seem wasted now. I should have just, should have just paid attention then. Like, I don't yeah. know. All that stuff would have been good now. For sure, man. Everything adds up, Come Bobby. on. Come on. Come on, buddy. I hate it Get when it like together. you <laughs> finally try something and you end up being kind of good at it. And you're like, shit, why didn't I do this four years ago? I would be, <laughs> I'd be like head of the game, right? You know, and like I, I remember I did discus in high school, and I my I did it my just like three years, I think. And my second year, I set and we like a, we didn't have that big of a group that we were going with, but I set like one of the school records for that reason or whatever in discus, and I was like, shit, if I would have just done it, and I wanted to do it in middle school, and I was like, yeah. If I would have just started instead of being like afraid that I was like going to be the small, it was freaking 112 pounds going against these like 200 pound freaking freshmen and stuff. Like if I wasn't too scared to do it and would have just like hit the weights and started practicing the technique and stuff and applied myself to it, I would have been amazing. But it's like, it's hard not to look <sighs> back with that regret. You know what I mean? Dude, we're, we're our own worst enemies. 100%. If, yeah. Imagine if we could just eliminate fear. How much more we would accomplish. John's got a pill for that. (laughs) I got a pill for that, buddy. Give me that pill, boy. (laughs) Dude. I got a potion for that somewhere. That was like my... my... (laughs) (laughs) It's got a few shots. (laughs) That was like one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, yeah. Alcohol does take the fear out of a lot of shit. It it does, but then it takes most of your skill away. (laughs) It takes away your physical abilities. Well, if you have a lot of skill, your skill is up here, but your your fear is like 25% below it. There's a sweet spot. There's a sweet spot right there. Yeah, there there is a sweet spot. But we also need alcohol without the... uh, Side effects. Without the uh, negative... Side effects. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. But yeah, there's and there's and I think that depends on what you're doing. Like, if you're obviously if you're like a computer engineer, like a software engineer or something like that, and like you take a couple shots, you're not going to be able to think as clearly probably exactly as you would like problem. to to do these things. But like me being a dumbass and just like playing pool, like one or two drinks, boom. Like I'm an, I'm, re- I'm I'm relaxed enough to like not have to think about it too much, and I can start bop 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 cleaning up. Shark Arthur doesn't have a chance. But I don't know about that one. If I'm moving, <laughs> on, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm like just straight, all I've had is meat, a little sluggish. Yeah, yeah like after a heavy family. meal. Mm-hmm. I, I will say nap. that, like in in um when you're going to university and you're going for a degree, it's kind of like I guess kind of uh the parallels between doing the you know the the entertainment stuff, making a song, making a podcast, whatever. Like everybody always said, oh, this, the, you know, when you're like applying for internships or jobs or whatever, they're like, oh, they're not going to take me. I don't have this GPA or, oh, they're not going to take me because of this, this, this is like, they're, they're all like putting themselves out. They're all taking themselves out of the position instead of letting that person or that company take themselves out of the position. The same thing there is like, if you don't put it out there, 
you're the one that's telling you you're not going to do it. Like you're taking yourself, you're taking your views out of it. You know what I mean? People don't want to hear no. So they say no to themselves preemptively so that they are never rejected and feel the disappointment of being rejected. And I've done that so many times where I'm like, I don't want anyone to say no to me. I'd rather just not do it and never hear no instead of putting myself out there. And 90 people say no, but 10 people say yes. And that's what makes me, you know, like that's what allows me to move forward. And that's a that's a tough spot. But it's like that fear of people, kind of like we we're talking about fear of man kind of thing where it's like, I'm just afraid of people's opinions about me. I don't, I don't, I'd rather like preemptively like just not do anything than deal with the disappointment of someone saying no to me. Boom. This might this might be helpful for you guys, but um, the way I get over that <laughs> for myself is I don't give anybody like like anybody's opinion. I just think it's shit. Like your opinion is shit. Like what do you do in your life? <laughs> when I'm going towards something, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna apply for SpaceX, right? And Elon's probably gonna tell me no, but. You know, what is his opinion? Like, he's probably a shit person. I don't care about Elon. I'm just going to go likely. for it anyway. Like, I put their opinion very <laughs> unless, low. Unless he hires you. <laughs> yeah, great. unless he <laughs> hires me. Then I they put it back where it's supposed to be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but for that split moment, I always put their opinion, like, lower than me. And then I always down talk their opinion. That's a good try that. Look, look at all the people that are looking at your YouTube videos and be like, okay, you guys are probably shit people. And you're looking at these YouTube videos because you don't have shit to do. In your own life, so now you're gonna watch me. (laughs) Just consider everyone peasants. (laughs) I'd have to look at everyone who's not looking at my content that way, which is depressing because then I just gotta look at the 35 people that do. (laughs) Y'all are great people. You are there 7.9 billion people. (laughs) Suck ass. Bunch of idiots watching my content. It's extremely valuable and informational. (laughs) No, but. You don't really think though. I don't really think nah, these nah. things about those people. You just get it's a mindset thing. All right? Yeah, I love y'all. Yeah. Watch put stuff. yourself there. Put yourself. It's a powerful there. thing to uh, be able to disregard yeah. other people's yeah. opinions. I think it comes to not, and I, it, there's a lot of like motivational people that would talk about this, where it's not putting weight on people's opinions in any direction. Like I'm not dependent on your validation for me to rise, and I'm I'm not dependent on your whatever the opposite of that would be. Um, for me to follow, you know, like, like what you say doesn't determine where I'm going necessarily. The market yeah. decides like if people watch it and it grows, it's because it's good stuff. If people buy this product, it's because it's good stuff at a good price, whatever that may be. But it's like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, nothing that I do is determined by your opinion about me, good or bad. Cause then you start, as soon as that opinion changes, then you start changing and that, that gets messy. Mm-hmm. Agreed. One of these days, my self-confidence is going to be really high and I don't have to do all those things. <laughs> but today, it's not. <laughs> today, fuck you, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> Until that acceptance letter comes in. There you go. Okay, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Y'all ready to wrap this bad boy up? Wrap it up. We appreciate everyone tuning in. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, make sure you... Uh, follow all the links in the description give us a rating follow us on social media do all the good deeds and uh we'll see you next week we out Fuego. sorry my mine was a little extra that time i don't <laughs> i don't plan on doing that for the next episode <laughs> where were those at the whole time man I can't do it. <laughs>